Today's episode of The Shift with Shay is recorded on Gadigal land. Here at The Shift with Shay, we acknowledge and pay respect to the traditional custodians of the land, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Nothing I'd ever have expected to see. Like, I did this thinking, like, some idiot's drive, driven over flood waters and we're going to go get him out of the, the causeway. Mm. That was the sort of flood things we were being prepared for, more yeah. so than anything else. Not a full town being inundated. On November 14, 2022, while on shift at Orange Base Hospital, a call came in for flood rescue technicians and boat drivers to assist with urgent flooding around the Lachlan Valley region. Grace Langlands, a theatre nurse from Orange, took up the call. Changing her Navy scrubs for her Orange SES volunteer overalls, Grace headed out to the small rural town of Yagara with a population of 800, located 300 kilometres west of Sydney. This was no ordinary flooding event. It was described by the Bureau of Meteorology as an inland tsunami, a one in 5,000 year flooding event that saw water levels reach 11.2 metres as Grace was helicoptered in. Welcome, Grace. Welcome to our first show of 2024. It's great to have you on. Thank you. Very keen to be here and talk about some of the experiences I've had over this time of being a nurse. Awesome. So uh, you've obviously been involved in this incredible flooding event. I would love to know how you got involved with the SES. How I got involved with the SES? Well, it was in 2018 and I had just was on my final placement at Parks Hospital in ED. Gone, all right, about to finish uni, what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. And for years, one of my cousins in Wollongong has actually been, had been with the SES for many years. And as a small kid, watched him do some of the stuff, hear some of the stories. I was like, oh, one day I'll do that. One day I'll do that. And I went, stuff it, I'm going to join. Mm. So I put my application in, got a phone call whilst on that placement saying, can we interview? I'm like, be another four weeks. See you then. Mm-hmm. And really, they, as they say, the rest is history. I joined up and have just, unfortunately, or fortunately, depends how you look at it, not left. Yeah. And so your role with the SES, you're working as a nurse or talk to me a bit about what you do. Uh, so in SES in particular. So with SES, I am a team leader. Mm-hmm. So when we go out on our day-to-day jobs, I will run teams help liaise with um, our centres back either at headquarters in Wollongong or in our local unit back in Orange. Mm -hmm. We also, I'm a trainer, so obviously being a nurse, I trained first aid. Yep. There was a good connection there and I feel comfortable doing my first aid training. Yep. But I've been given this amazing opportunity to also train as a swift water technician or flood tech, Mm -hmm. as we commonly call it. And... That involved a three-day course down at Penrith Whitewater Stadium, Ah. me nearly drowning more than once. (laughs) (laughs) But I made it through. And so I have this incredible opportunity as not only a nurse in theatres, doing my my thing day to day, but also being able to give back to the community in whatever way. When I joined, I didn't realise Orange covers a lot of area. Mm. Orange unit does a lot of flood rescues. Mm. Orange unit is relied on very much in the central west. Mm -hmm. So we have been given so many opportunities and unfortunately my work comes first, but like one of our team members has actually gone to Canada to help with the fires. Yeah, We've helped out with the Ugara floods. We've 
pretty much anywhere where people need extra assistance, we will go to them if we're able to. And so tell me, obviously being a nurse and now being trained as a flood tech, you have this kind of really unique set of skills. Are flood techs people who are out there kind of saving people, you know, who are drowning, who are at risk when you've got these sort of inundation events, that kind of thing as well? So you're there kind of managing or helping people, but you're also able to provide pretty high level first aid, I would imagine. So it's very interesting when you, we look at um, the amount of flood tech. So Orange is very flood tech based. We have a sign writer, an IT geek, engineer of some sort, um, someone who works out at the mines. Like we've got such a large variety of different people that bring their personal and professional skills into this position. So I actually don't like getting in the water. Mm. I swear they throw you in that course to not want to get into the water. Right. But you learn the skills of how you can help people without getting into the water. Okay. Um, being able to reach them, keep them safe whilst trying to not get wet yourself. Yeah. Like in the sweatsuits. And so like coordinating their rescue. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're doing? And one of the things I find I, I naturally fall into, whether it's a flood tech job or a job just on the road yeah is oh we need first aid where's grace yeah so something i'm very fortunate that i'm able to contribute but i always get the first aid job yeah well makes sense right i'm sure they're very grateful to have you there too. very much so so look let's talk a bit about the big event um so on the 14th of november 2022 um yugara experienced this you know incredible flash flooding event and you were one of the first responders to the scene can you take me through kind of what happened what you saw give me a bit of a sense of what you experienced that day so our experience with the flooding actually started the day before so we were called out to Canoundra we found out that you can drive a vehicle under lights and sirens with a flat tire highly not recommended but can be done sorry guys Mm. and we actually got called off and then realized we had a flat tire so sorted that out Mm -hmm. so that was the flood first flood rescue for the day Mm -hmm. I'd been at work all day I did that I've done that call out I've gone I'm turning my phone on silent I woke up the next morning and there was half a dozen to a dozen flood rescue calls out between Molong and Orange itself. Mm-hmm. For Orange to get multiple flood call outs, in, and they were very random spots that we wouldn't normally experience flooding in. Mm-hmm. So I've got... Ugh. So this is basically all the surrounding region of Orange? Yes, yep. so all around. So Molong's a 20-minute drive away from us. Yep. Um, and... So I've gone into work. I called the duty officer for SES in our unit and said, look, sorry, I had my phone on silent, my bad. Mm. I will give my boss a heads up and if you need me, I'll see if I can get out of work because being theatre nursing, you can't just go, see you guys, I'm out of here. It's a, can I leave? Yeah, can you be replaced, all of those types Mm. of things for sure. And then we had a message come out going all boat drivers or boat competent people please come to the unit we're going to fly you out so you can do boat access into Yugara. Mm-hmm. so i actually went to the unit going look i know the person who's running the um command center at our unit is a, a <laughs> boat technician mm-hmm. and is going to head off mm-hmm. i didn't realize as i'd gotten into the car gotten out of work they're like all flood techs boat technicians are no longer needed we can't do a boat in this water Ah, so because we, there was too much debris or something? Was too that, fast. Oh, okay. Not, we didn't have appropriate boats yeah. and just the conditions were horrific. And we actually didn't know yeah, what okay. we were going into. So we thought we had a couple of flood techs, but in the end they pulled out. Mm-hmm. 
so SES provided the flood technician. So I walked in, I had my commander, knowing my duty officer of the day, look at me go, get in your wetsuit. I'm like, okay. Mm. Now, and I have this really bad habit. I don't eat breakfast, so all I had was a coffee. So I grabbed in my lunchbox my muesli bars and was eating them on the road as I went down. We lights and sirens over to the airport and we've gone, we can take one bag. So my flood tech bag, reasonable size bag, but one bag. We took maybe half a dozen bottles of water for us. So this is four team members, including myself, and a rations pack. And that's all we took for the day. Mm. And we did not know what we were going into or anything like that. Mm. So it was kind of, I don't want to say a novelty being, I'm like, oh, cool lights and sirens. Yeah. It's kind of a thrill. But you didn't quite know what you were in for. No. Mm. And, and that, so tell me, what was it like when you got there? We were being flown over and the other flood technician was sitting right across from me like you are. And he said, this may be worse than the Lismore floods. Yeah, wow. He said, we don't know. And he said, I've got goosebumps talking about it. Um, we don't know if we're landing. We don't know if we're jumping into water. We don't know. Mm. And we've gone, oh, crap. And from there, flying over, nice. First job that we got told to go to is we got our address. A lady two or three days ago has had a cesarean section. Her and baby are in the roof cavity and they can't get out. Um, so that, that was a little bit sombre. We're like, all right, let's, let's go from there. Um, and then once we got over the hills and we saw the water and I just, my heart dropped and I actually, we've got different hand symbols. And one of them is you just wave it in front of your face, your chest and go, I'm okay, but I need a moment. Like mm. I just need to collect my thoughts mm. because a flood is, yeah, flood, knee high water, how mm. bad. This was what the hell are we about to walk into? Mm. And I, I, it's so hard to explain the thoughts because I still think to this day I'm processing my thoughts of what actually I did and what I experienced. Mm. But thankfully we were able to land. So we landed at the showground mm -hmm. and we jumped out and we got to work. So from there, the deputy commander of the unit in Yugara said, we can't find our unit commander. No one's contactable. We have no reception. So Telstra, Optus, nothing was working. Yeah. Um, and they said, we've got a guy on a truck. He's having chest pain. Can you help? And we've gone, oh, sure. So jumped in the back of a truck and I got taken there. Um, it was at this point we realised we were the, f apart from the people in that town, who no one was contactable. We didn't know how many people were dead, how many mm. people were injured, who was stuck, what was happening. Mm. We realised we were the first four boots on the ground mm. with an emergency service. And so, you know, when you're talking about people being in roof cavities and that sort of thing, I'm assuming the water was obviously well and truly up over people's, you know, windows, etc. Um, how do you actually, how do you provide healthcare first aid any of those things in that kind of setting well I now realize I need to keep a foil of Panadol in my bag right. that's a very important lesson I learned from that <laughs> um, 
you do with what you can. Yeah. Sometimes it was getting people dry clothes or stripping their wet clothes, leaving them in their underwear and putting them in a warm spot to try and warm up. Yeah. Because you've got two-thirds, if not more, of the town inundated with water. Mm. I believe the hospital was dry. Mm. So all of a sudden, when I um, was out, I said, we need dry, bl- dry blankets, dry clothes. And I turned around and there's this pile of dry clothes, dry blankets. But at that point, it was, uh, we didn't even have a first aid kit. We were able to get one from the showground. We found a defib. And that's all we could do. Yeah. Do, make do. Yeah. And just do the best you can and Pre- sift through. Pretty well. So obviously you were there with, you know, this kind of massive amount of water just inundating the community. But also, was it still raining at the same time as well? No, it was bright and sunny. Ah, okay. That's really interesting. So it was an inundation of water. Yeah. Um, upstream. And then as the water came down... It was still running on top of it, so it just kept building up. So yeah. therefore, the inland tsunami idea yeah. is it was a wall of water that's hit the town. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. And you mentioned before if you had your time over, you'd take Panadol. Tell me about that. Someone had a headache or rolled ankle or something minor. Yeah. Minor compared to some of the stuff I did see. And they're like, I just want some Panadol. And this is further on in the day when we actually had a few paramedics and um, fly-in doctors. Mm. We figured they're like, we only have like two pen- two sets of Panadols. Mm. And they said, you can give it to them, but please bring us back the other set because that's from my personal stash. Mm. So I'm actually now looking at the best way to have a first aid kit available that's waterproof, has the minimum available, but the maximum I can fit into it that I can keep on myself. Because yeah. I've already got all my pockets filled with ropes, pulleys, carabiners. Um, yeah, other types of equipment. Yeah. Yeah, right. And so for anyone um, who, you know, might not be familiar with how you provide kind of, um, you know, on-site triage in circumstances like this, take us a bit through kind of both what the training had taught you and what you actually did when you were in this circumstance. Very on the job, hands on. Mm. Um, I did a little bit of online training with um, my workplace, doing like mass casualties, tagging and stuff like that. Yeah. Just for a personal interest. Yep. Because it was a nice crossover with emergency management. We saw this one gentleman who had cardiac symptoms. I sorted him out. We went back into the water. We then couldn't go any further, so we came back and we actually had a paramedic helicopter with a paramedicine and a doctor the paramedic was designed um was able to go on the helicopter line so he actually went back out Mm -hmm. so it was myself and this doctor and we both look at each other and like hi i'm grace i'm also a registered nurse would you like a hand he's like yes please (laughs) i can imagine he would have been pleased to see you um so i helped them set up this easiest way to explain it's like a mini field hospital Mm. next to the kitchen in a semi-private area and he said we need this this and this so while my team leader was dealing with other stuff I had my two other members with me I said you two do this you two pull these benches out we need a mattress on there can we put this here blankets here and then when people figured out this is what was happening we had trucks pulling up going here this lady's not well oh this lady's not well um 
So you became kind of the ground zero where they started to bring people that needed medical help. Compound fractures of ankles, hands cut up, cardiac patients, and we couldn't fly anyone out either because they were still rescuing. So we didn't actually have access to fly them out. So I go back to my cardiac patient a lot because he does stick very well in my head. Tell me about him. He... Cardiac patient. Okay, that's fine. We'll defib. Got some aspirin. Do you have any cardiac history? I've had multiple bypasses. I'm like, no. just the person you want to see in that environment. I'm sure. No. <laughs> so we got him into an ECG monitoring, and we probably didn't get him out till four or five hours after we landed. Mm-hmm. And like we all know, the sooner someone who with cardiac pain gets treatment, the better a chance they have. Mm. Um. And to know he was waiting there for five or six hours, mm. we could not get him out. Did you have any oxygen, anything like no. that? No, no. When when I was first there, it was your basic beginner's first aid kit. Yeah. No medicine, no nothing. I was lucky someone had aspirin. I said, here, three aspirins and a glass of water. I imagine with his background too, it would have been hard to even know what ECG changes he was having that would be normal yeah. and what were new. Yeah. And he didn't have any GTN or any yeah. sprays like that because he has a reaction to them. I'm like, okay, mm. we can do this. Mm. We can do this. <laughs> mm. The internal, like the little duck paddling on water while they look nice and calm up front. That's what we were doing the whole time. Mm. And I actually have been back to you, Garen, found out he turned 88 the other month. Nice. So he survived. So that was a very fulfilling thing to find out Mm. and so I understand that there was someone who actually required you know your significant intervention was that him who you needed to use the defib on so I didn't actually have to defib in the end we had the defib there ready to go just monitoring him and just gone the more we have ready to go yeah the less Murphy's law the less we're gonna need it yeah right so thankfully I was able to have it there and not need it yeah from memory, I don't even think we put the pads on him. Okay, that's good. Because there were only two sets of pads. Oh, and you didn't want to waste those and then not end up needing them. Absolutely. So it's one of those, you've got to decide who is going to benefit the most from my immediate treatment, who can wait and who may not survive and I just have to deal with it. Mm. And so, you know, looking back now, obviously that was an incredible community effort, kind of bringing all of those people together and having everyone provide that support um, for the local town. You know, it must fill you with a real sense of kind of pride and fulfilment. Talk to me about kind of, you know, how you feel about it when you reflect on it these days. It is still something I struggle to, as I've said before, the emotions attached to it is because I just felt like I was going and doing my normal SES stuff. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I just went in and did what I could. Mm. It wasn't anything... (sighs) Yeah, that's a hard one. It isn't anything that I went in to go, look at me, like, I'm going to do this great job. I just went in to help. Mm. And I think that's definitely a trait that we do see in nursing and that has crossed over into SES as well. Mm -hmm. And I imagine lots of people who are providing kind of, you know, community support through SES have a similar attitude. You you know, it's not as though you're 
being paid, getting the big bucks doing it, like you're really doing it for that sense of kind of community support, right? Yeah. The, the joke is, oh, can we get a pay raise on zero dollars? <laughs> that, that gets thrown around a lot with all the crap we deal with some days. Yeah, I bet. And so once it all um, sort of resolved and everyone got the opportunity to step back and sort of look at what you all had done and um, what the community had been through, I have... Um, you know, I would imagine that there was a lot of thanks that wanted to be shared. Uh, and I hear that there was a pretty special um, pretty special person who wanted to share their thanks too. Do you want to tell us a bit about oh, that? Oh, that was, that was a whirlwind and a half. So I was actually in theatres and got a phone call from our zone commander. She doesn't call unless she's wanting something or there's an, or you're a in big, big trouble. issue. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you calling us, what have you done, Grace? <laughs> <laughs> Um, she's gone, what are you doing Friday night? I've gone, oh, nothing, but what am I doing now? <laughs> Do you want to talk to the Prince of Wales? And I've gone, what? Can you say that again? <laughs> Do you want to have a conversation with the Prince of Wales? I've gone, yeah, sure, why not? So I thought it was like a heap of people from SES talking to him. She's like, yeah, we're nominating a male and a female. Kind of got to Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. I hadn't heard anything and the conversation was going to be Friday night. And then all of a sudden I was getting these phone calls from the representative of Prince William in Australia and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, whoa, wow. (laughs) And I actually got the opportunity to explain to him what happened and the experience I had and was able to touch on the PTSD and the mental health side of everything as well, which he was very supportive of. Mm. So, yeah, I talked to Prince William in an SES office (laughs) and realised I represented New South Wales and emergency services. Mm. Pretty impressive. Yes. And how did you find him? He was lovely. That's nice. He was absolutely lovely. <laughs> the, everything, everyone at work was very jealous. <laughs> I have a doctor that was like, "She's my, he's mine." <laughs> well, look, I'm not normally a royalist, but I am pretty curious. I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we there was four groups of us, um, and we all talked for about forty minutes all up together, mm. and it was a very lovely, very naturally led conversation. Mm. So it was an interesting thing to go through and do. Yeah, I bet. And so fast forward to now and, you know, you've spoken about kind of your um, experiences still processing all of it now. How do you feel about it now and how how does it impact your sort of day-to-day work now or even maybe some of the other work you're still doing with the SES? It's definitely an experience that I hope I never have to deal with again but prepares me if I ever have to deal with it again. Yep. Being able to share the knowledge and experience with those around me um, at SES and work, and also being just down the road. I think that was the hardest part, knowing Yugara is about an hour and a half drive, mm. apparently 15 minute helicopter flight. Yeah. It is down the road from us. Yeah. It is not something you'd ever expect to see. Never, nothing I'd ever have expected to see. Like, I did this thinking like some idiots drive driven over flood waters and we're going to go get him out of the, the causeway. Mm. That was the sort of flood things we were being prepared for more yeah. so than anything else. Not a full town being inundated. Yeah. Um, I'm thankful for the experience. I do have flashbacks still. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I know the week afterwards was my ceiling fan reminded me of all the helicopters. Oh. Uh. But 
processing it all and going through the steps to make sure I take care of myself. Mm. And our unit is very supportive. Our unit is very supportive in Orange. And they are constantly checking in on you, but also giving you the space where you need it as well. Mm. So we've only just started talking about it. All of us that went sort of had to deal with it ourselves and then we were able to talk about it a bit more openly. And we had our debrief maybe five or six months afterwards because it was such a large event that it took time to get the right things in place to do a debrief appropriately and successfully. Yeah, right. And so have you been back to Yagara since it, since all of this happened? I went back two days before the anniversary, so oh. the 12th or the 13th. I was catching up with a girlfriend in Kidal. Mm-hmm. And again, Shokar, another small town near Orange. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to go to Yagara. Do you want to come with me? She's gone, sure. So Kidal actually got hit by the floods as well. Mm-hmm. So she showed me where the issues were and it was a bit stark seeing, so they have pod homes. So homes on stilts provided by the government while the people are rebuilding. Happens, yeah. So I was a bit sombre seeing those and just houses which are just demolished now. Yeah. And then we went to Yagara and it was just a jaw-dropping moment of, wow, we covered no area like we covered two three blocks Mm. because that's all we could get to at that time but i actually was able to stop and talk to someone one of the houses we used as a guide of how far the water was dropping because we could see the line on their top of their windows Mm -hmm. and how far it had dropped down to the bottom of the house so as quickly as it came up it came down just a bit slower yeah okay and that's very typical for our area Mm -hmm. And I was able to stop and talk to her and found out the baby we'd been tasked to that we couldn't get to had in just the, turned one. In the one. roof cavity? I wanted to know what happened to them. We couldn't get them, but yeah. they got helicoptered out. Yeah. Um, winched out. That's the word I want. And then they also had um, the gentleman turned eight, 88 the month before. And they just said, look, we're rebuilding. Mm. We are so thankful. And she gave me a hug and mm. I nearly walked away in tears. Yeah. And we actually walked to the end of the road like I was showing my ma- mate how far we walked along and the moment because she actually helped with the cleanup afterwards I said this is where we stopped I said both myself and the team we considered going further but we didn't and it was all just a gut feeling for us like it started to slope down we looked up we're like mm, it doesn't look too bad but we're not going to go any further let's just head on back mm. if we had walked any further and we'd been swept off our feet we would have died yeah, Because right. we would have gone under a bridge where there were cars and debris yeah. and that we would have been sucked under. Mm. And that was a very, very sombre thought. Mm. And to top that off, we were having a conversation about it recently and our commander went, yeah, we didn't know if you were all coming back, if any of you were coming back. That's how unknown this situation was for all of us. Did you know the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association has a new online CPD portal? With over 200 free online CPD courses across a wide range of nursing and midwifery topics, plus the ability to track your learning, it's definitely worth checking out. If you're a New South Wales NMA member, just log in to the member portal, Member Central, to access this program. And if you're not yet a member, make sure you join today. And so here we are now. 
you know, when you look back on all of that kind of experience that you've had and exposure, are there any learnings that you kind of have taken out that help you in your day-to-day work being a nurse as well? You can make do with anything, really. Mm. You don't need the fancy equipment or the fancy X, Y, Z. You can make do. It's not going to be 100% or perfect, but sometimes, and we've seen it with COVID, all the stock unable to be grabbed, mm. any like back orders of stuff, we figure out a way. Yeah. We make it work. Yeah. We do not stop operating just because we can't get this bedded in. We find something else to make it work. Um, mental health is important. Take care of yourself. Mm. I know we all harp on about it, but it generally is. Mm. You need to take care of yourself when you're doing these things. Um, and take care of the crew around you. You Mm. are important, but your crew comes second. And I feel like so much of that really does resonate and transfer into the nursing world, right? Yes. There's a lot of similarities there. I can appreciate um, after having listened to you, you know, um, how much of the kind of SES community must be very much like the nursing community that you're part of too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting, that camaraderie and, you know, teamwork. Yes, yeah. So tell us a bit about your nursing. So you're in theatres at the moment. Uh, tell us a bit about what kind of connected you to that area, that specialty. I know you touched a little earlier on being an ED nurse too. Uh, that was one of my placements when I was right. doing my registered nursing. Okay. So many, many, many years ago, it feels like, I was at, didn't know what to do, watching TV and I saw a TV show and I've gone, ah, oh, nursing, I could do that. And I talked to my parents and they said, well, do you assistant in nursing? So I did that and then did my enrolled nursing and finished that up all in orange. And my husband now, partner at the time, said, I've got a job at Broken Hill. You coming? I said, let's go. <laughs> and from there, I started working casually amongst all the wards in Broken Hill. I felt like I did everything but mental health out there. Yep. And then given the opportunity, I... I thought, oh, stuff it. I'll apply for a scholarship. Probably not going to get it, but let's give it a shot. I got it. Mm. I've gone, you're not allowed to defer the scholarship. I guess I'm studying next term. <laughs> so studied and did my online registered nursing whilst living at Broken Hill and then also moved back to Orange whilst studying. Do not recommend. Mm. 100% do not recommend trying to move halfway through a term. Yeah. And started working at the hospital. And over that time, I'd experienced things like the coronary care unit, paediatrics and theatres, and I'd loved all of them. I really had loved all of them. I kind of went, oh, whatever. Permanent job. Let's be realistic, we all want permanent jobs some days. Yeah. Comes at me, I'll give it a crack. And I got theatres. So I applied and I was unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. I found out the nurse who beat me to it is a lot more qualified and is an amazing nurse to work with. I'm like, I'm so glad you got that job. You are so good at what you do. Yeah. I found it was an anaesthetic role. Mm-hmm. I'm kind kind of glad. I, sorry, anaesthetic guys. I don't. Not your thing. Not my thing. Can't mm-hmm. do sputum. Oh, Can you do and everything. Me both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know all my anaesthetic doctors would be laughing at me now. <laughs> um, and from there, I got a call a couple of months later going, "You're actually on the um eligibility list." Yes. Mm. Do you want a job still? Hell yeah. Mm, great. And started there five years ago and just 
haven't looked back. My patients are asleep. I get to see their insides <laughs> and I get involved. And I feel like you really work as a team. Your anaesthetic doctors, your anaesthetic nurses, your doctors, your your team, your scrubs, your scouts, it's all a big team. Mm. And I feel like some people may find doctors are scary. Mm-hmm. I can sit there and have a laugh and joke with them yeah. whilst operating with them. Yeah. While still giving them respect, don't get me wrong. Yep. But knowing that we're all human as well. Yeah. And so now you're a CNS. Yes. And working in obstetrics in theatre? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm working in obstetrics and gynaecology. Yeah, so right. a big chunk of theatres. Yeah. We do have a high um, caesarean rate. Yeah. But we also are a very – we're a base hospital. We get a lot of the smaller communities coming to us. Yep. And BM, high BMIs and all that stuff. So I get the tricky cases, of course. Yep. But I love the challenge. I love the doctors I work with, the staff I work with. Mm. Got to have a small, small part for my registrars and residents as well, seeing them grow up. And it's just especially I love. Mm. And so it sounds like you've done, you know, most of your time in regional uh, hospitals. Yes. And you have a real affinity with regional kind of living. Have you? Did you grow up out in regional towns? Born and bred that, orange girl. Yeah, okay, okay. What would you say to people that might want to go and do a stint out, you know, in western New South Wales somewhere? Give it a crack. You really, It really is a unique place. The one thing I love about orange is it's small enough that you can know most people. Yeah. I, I still walk down the road and go, oh, you're so-and-so's daughter. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I remember you when you were this tall with blonde pigtails. Yep, and who are you? <laughs> Oh, I'm so-and-so. Oh, yeah, I can put the dots together now. Mm. But our hospital's large enough that you actually, we have a good spread of specialties and... Yeah, generalist, bit of everything. Yeah, like mm. we've got general, we've, we had vascular, but our doctor retired. Oh. It was beautiful. Um, we've got general, we've got obsgyne, we've got plastics, we've got breasts, we've, we've got so many different options. Mm. Yes, it may be half hour, 45 minute drive to another town. You do that in Sydney to get to work. So why not go where it's a 15 minute drive to yeah. work? Yeah, yeah. Lots of benefits. Yeah, I, and I love it. Like, I love the fact that I know the people around me and I can trust the people. And it's, again, small enough to be a small town, but big enough to be a big enough town. Yeah. yeah awesome. Any other things that you want to cover that we haven't covered today? So one of the other proud things that I was able to achieve from this and all very unexpected is SES awarded us with some awards. So um, some of our unit who was involved in it, we have unit citations. Mm -hmm. But one of the bigger ones I'm proud of is I actually got a commissioner's commendation for courage. Awesome. So... I've been awarded them, but I still haven't received them yet because right. they've got to go get made. So, Is it like a big ceremony? You yeah. get presented them? Yeah. Formal blues and everything. Wow. So oh, well, be... we'll have to have a photo of that when we um, yeah. when you do it. We'd love to see it. And to, to prove how much SES is embedded in my life, that was actually my wedding escort. Wow. That's really interesting. So my husband wasn't allowed in, but they took me to the um, botanical gardens in Orange and they had ribbons on and everything and oh. er- formal blues and it was beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I'm so lucky that I've had them involved so much in my life and it's become a community in itself. Yeah. Work community, SES community. It's, yeah. We very much focus on living our life with our communities and giving back. 
Awesome. Well, that feels like a good place to land it there. Thanks so much for chatting with me today, Grace. I really appreciate it. (laughs) I always enjoy having a chat with you. (laughs) Thank you. That's all for this episode of The Shift with Shay. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Grace and I look forward to being able to share more unique and enlightening stories from the world of nursing and midwifery with you next time. If you enjoyed this chat, make sure you like and subscribe to The Shift with Shay wherever you get your podcasts from. And remember to leave us a review. It helps others find the podcast. If you have a story to share with us, let us know by emailing the team at theshiftpodcast at nswnma.asn.au. Bye for now. Bye for now.